Hi everyone and welcome to the monkey seat. We're back again to bring you through all the news and rumours surrounding all motorsport as we guide you through the pandemic and back to real life. My name is Tom. And I'm Carl and we come together to entertain you with a weekly podcast while separated by the Irish Sea. This podcast is produced by Mayan Productions and presented by two opinionated friends who like to put the world to rights. Feel free to get in touch with us on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook at monkeyseatpod. You can email us at monkeyseatpodcast at gmail.com or you can find us at www.monkeyseatpod.com. We actually did it first time. Wow, that's the first time we've ever done it first time. <laughs> and you said that so quickly, I can't possibly cut that out because you basically that, spoke over your last word. So. Yeah, and that's clips that's like fuck as well, so enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, great, fantastic. Morning, everyone, but it's not morning, Hello. it's evening. We're doing it in the evening for once because Scott yeah. has other lively commitments tomorrow and, and I've got BT coming to sort out my internet as well. So I've got meetings yeah. with Americans tomorrow, which is not wow, fun. But it might time. be fun. That, he might listen to this and that'd be hilarious when I'm just yeah. saying. Might, <laughs> it's not going to be fun, but it will be. Um, how are we? How are we this week? Yeah, all good. All good. I've got my squash because I'm out of coke. <laughs> Apart from that. Uh, and it's good. nighttime anyway. You can, yeah, you it's going to get gradually darker as we go along. Um, but yeah. Yeah, but you you watch and it, it's really strange. It doesn't get dark till about 11 o'clock here already. Oh, yeah. So it's Irish time, isn't it? It gets darker yeah. later, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, we're, I mean, it's, it's about 9, 10 o'clock here, I think, at the moment. But I'm normally in bed by then. So, yeah. Um, yeah. so uh, motorsport then. It's uh, what a week. We touched on it last week about Vettel. Um, looked like it was certain that he was going to be leaving Ferrari. It's, it was all it was being reported on BBC and Sky. So we thought, okay, it looks like it's fairly legit. And then oh. shit just went down, didn't it? Well, it all changed. And yeah, and then so signs moved, Ricardo moved, yeah. everyone moved. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it just, was like... just like, yeah, three days of just constant, oh, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, this is going to happen. So yeah, so um, we're going to do a, a bit of a driver merry-go-round um, uh, silly season introduction. We'll do one now before the season starts. We'll probably do another one, you know, later on in the season. Um, and then we'll see kind of how close we are and compare them really. Um, so if you have been living under a rock for the last week and you missed it, Sebastian Vettel chose not to renew his contract with Ferrari. Um, Do you think he's gone? Gone from Formula One? Yeah. Maybe. There's, I mean, I think there's going to be one of two teams that he's going to end up at. Um, which and, is uh, almost the two gaps of the other two people that have moved. Well, sure. the top teams, but one of them I don't think is I don't think is going to happen anyway. I don't think it's right. Uh, I don't think he'll be interested in it. So we'll touch on that in a second. But yeah, well, no sooner had he confirmed that he'd left, it was then, oh, science of Ricardo, who's it going to be? And then it was, um, uh, it was, became clear it was going to be Carlos Sainz. Um, Carlos Sainz, very, you know, very happy the way things are with McLaren. Apparently he'd had meetings with um, McLaren, um, before this even came about, and they're saying, you know, what what do you want from your future? And he's saying, I would love to drive for Ferrari if that opportunity came about. I'd I'd like to take it. And uh, and they didn't stand in his way, McLaren. They gave him his blessing, and and I think they're going to reap the benefits of that this year because they they've still got a whole season of racing to get through with Carlos Sainz in their team. And if they'd have stood in his way, then I think it would have. You know, there's no point in having an unhappy driver. So um, I think he's going to have a, he's going to want to go out on a high with McLaren. They resurrected his career, um, and I think he'll have a good season. Um, so he's gone, and then Ricardo, the um, once again the uh, kind of the leftover afterthought, has then taken Science's seat at McLaren two years after he snubbed them. 
you know, he chose to go to Renault instead of McLaren uh, two years ago or last year. Obviously, he got another year to run on his contract. Um, and he opted to go to McLaren this time around, which is the move he probably should have made in the first place. But there we go. Renault are not happy about it. I bet they, they were. Not happy. I mean, what's really strange about this is this move has basically happened last June because we haven't even started the season yet. So no one's got any idea. Although, does that make sense? That although, like, we're talking now in theory about moving, to, moving um, uh, constructors two years ahead of time. Because this year, well, no, this is, it's, it's a year ahead of time, isn't it? Because year this, time, this year, this year hasn't started. But they've just got the whole season to go through. But in reality, this time next year, he would have already done seven races for his new team, which is mad. Because considering we haven't yeah. started this season yet, he'll be the end of the year or whenever the season finishes, whether that be December or January. Um, as soon as that's done, that's when his contract will end with Renault and, and Vettel with Ferrari and, and so we'll all know by December we'll all know what's going on but we'll probably know sooner to be honest but yeah it does seem massively in advance a lot of people are talking about it given that we haven't started the season yet like it's you know like a deadline day signing and then you know science is going to be off to Ferrari now but it's not he's got you know probably 15 to 20 races yet yeah. for McLaren I which mean, is weird it, I mean is McLaren go and Ferrari and Renault all going to concentrate on their other drivers, that being Charles Leclerc for Ferrari, who we think is probably going to stay. Well, I think he's probably going to stay. I, um, well, yeah, he has to. He's got a contract. But I think that um, that Ferrari are going to regret um, basically just like the way they've treated Vettel this year. I'm not Sebastian Vettel's biggest fan. I've been loving all the um, all the mistakes he's been making. and But, you know, I respect him as a, as a driver and a person for everything he's achieved. Um, name a Formula One champion who's not been in the best car. There's very, mm-hmm. very few of them. You could potentially say Lewis Hamilton, Hamilton in 2008, but that car was equal to the Ferrari, but not the clear best. Is that when he moved over to Mercedes? Car. No, no, that's when he won the World Championship oh. the first time with McLaren. Yeah, there's there's very very few times that someone has won the World Championship, certainly in recent history, where someone has won the World Championship and they haven't been in the best car. You have to oh, be right. in the best car if you want to win the World Championship. Um, yeah. And because a lot of people say, you know, his time at Red Bull, that taints his reputation given that he had the best car, but it's, it's rubbish because... He was. He still had to win those races. He still had to beat his teammate. And you know, if if he'd have won two and Weber had won two, then you could potentially say, well, yeah, Weber's average and Vettel's average. But Weber was not a slow driver, and he <laughs> put the manners on Weber and won four in a row. You don't do that unless you're something special. What is it with the Australians? You know, Weber and um, uh, what's his name, um, Ricardo. Ricardo. I mean, they're very similar. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Personality style. I think it's an Aussie thing, <laughs> you know, isn't it? It is an Aussie thing. They're the they're the exact same Aussies. It's I mean, Mark funny. Webber's Twitter handle is uh, is Aussie Grit. <laughs> it's at Aussie Grit. So, um, yeah, so I'm sure everything you need to know about Mark Webber. What's um, Ricardo's? I love Ricardo. I'm not sure, actually. I'm, it's probably, <laughs> it's kind of it's probably Danny Rick 3 or something. I'm not sure. Mm. Um, we do follow him, but um, I can't remember what his handle Danny is. Danny God Ricardo. Mm, Shuey. Or something <laughs> like that. Um, not Schumacher Shuey. I mean, as in drinking mm. champagne out of the shoe. Yeah, which I'm looking forward to seeing in McLaren colours in a couple of years' time. That's going to be good. Um, um, because so, I'm... do you reckon that's a good move for Ricardo? 
I think it's the only move for Ricardo, really. I mean, he obviously had lost faith in the Renault project, um, but it's really six of one half dozen to the other as to whether it's, you know, if it's an upwards move or a sideways move, because McLaren um, jumped Renault last year, but pre-season testing was looking good for Renault. We didn't know whereabouts Renault were going to be this year. I guess he's probably just... Lost he's done really quick, hasn't he? Yeah, he's only done one season with Renault. This, the second season with Renault, hasn't started yet. Um, who knows where they are? I mean, he might be pushing for podiums, and McLaren might not be. So, he may live to regret it. I mean, I think McLaren will get it right, provided they don't go bust, which we'll talk about later. Um, but I think he will get it. I, I think mean, they that's will not get a good it right. thing, is it? Being that driver. I mean, I don't quite understand why Ricardo's done it. It's. Like, is there, are these signs sealed and delivered that he is yeah, definitely going to McLaren? There's nothing signed. now. So why has he done that? It's And why has McLaren done that? Because, okay, signs I get because he's always wanted to go to Ferrari and it's an obvious move for him. But for me, for Ricardo, why would you, and from McLaren, why would you sign that contract when now Ricardo could be shit all year and without being rude, could be injured, die, whatever, at the, you know, mm-hmm. beyond, you know, the first half of the season. I, I know it's always a risk, but, like, he could also be completely shit. And why is McLaren, and why is, um Ricardo go, gone on McLaren, who, again, we've talked about possibly going bust, and we'll talk about that again later on, um, and having money troubles and issues and... I mean, unless he really wants to live in Woking and the Surrey Hills, <laughs> I can't quite understand why he's. Well, he it wasn't too. F- it wasn't too far away at the Endstone team, anyway, was he? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's McLaren have got um, have got history and they're a mainstay in Formula One, whereas Renault tend to be. Oh, the wind's changed. Let's pull out of Formula One. Um, yeah. I think he was sold a bit of a. You know, he was. He had the choice of McLaren or. Renault two years ago or last season uh, at the time McLaren were at the back of the grid only ahead of Williams and uh, Renault had just finished fourth in the world championship so they were miles apart and traditionally when Renault come back into Formula 1 they win you know they've never yeah. come back into Formula 1 and not and not won and I think he saw that as his best opportunity plus I can think of 40 million other reasons why he would want to go there and they're all in his bank account right now um, yeah. That's a lot more money than McLaren were going to pay him. Um, no, they've got the they've Renault got, they've got the Renault backing. You know, Renault have got more money than McLaren, yeah. but McLaren have got the pedigree. They, they're the mainstay in Formula One. They're the second longest um, maintained stay yeah. in Formula One. So <laughs> they've got they've got the history. They've got the championships. They won more championships than Renault over the years. Obviously, more seasons, but they've they've won a lot more. They've got that pedigree there, um, and. I think he's. I think he regretted signing for Renault. Should have signed for McLaren because McLaren beat Renault in the constructors' championship last year. They made a big step. He can obviously see that they got another big step coming as well in the future. Yeah. So he's just thrown his faith in them. And I think he's. I think he suits McLaren more than he suits Renault. He's much more the new McLaren. This is you know the old McLaren, the Ron Dennis McLaren, where everyone had to wear yeah. press trousers and and yes sir, yes sir, Mister Dennis sir. My favourite colour is grey yeah. sir. So it's. Um, I think it's. The new McLaren is a the more fun modern McLaren is a yeah, much yeah. better fit for him than the corporate Renault look. Yeah, I, I, but then, yeah, I just think it's a really mm. he, he must be really unhappy around it. That's my real only answer. Yeah, to that. you could see last year yeah, he was pretty seen. despondent. I mean, for Danny, the way the way he is, you can he wears his heart on his sleeve. But 
you know he's always happy you can never take a smile away and you, you could see that mm. he was very disappointed he was, he was sold a bit of a, a bit of a raw deal with the Renault signing yeah. really but but looking at the rest of the grid, um, Red Bull have got Max Verstappen tied in until 2023. Ferrari have got Charles Leclerc until 2024 and Carlos Sainz until 2022. <laughs> yeah, that was a big deal. So Carlos Sainz, he's really going to have to step up to try and match Charles Leclerc. Um, I think he can. Um, McLaren now. Um, I Sorry. Didn't realize... Oh, yeah, Sainz. Yes. Yeah, movie. so Lando Sorry. Norris is signed up till 2022. And Daniel Ricciardo is a multi-year deal, which is suspected to be 2022 as well. So we've got... Okay. Um, that, that's quite... So McLaren's quite set now. Yeah, so Lando's got three more, three full seasons left on his contract, and, which is awesome. And Ferrari's set now. Yeah, Ferrari are that's locked in, McLaren move. are locked in. Um, Renault have got Ocon until 2021. He signed a two-year deal. Yeah, but could they get rid of him earlier? I mean, I don't know. No, I don't see why they would. He's, you know, he's a decent young driver that he's got to get two cracks of the whip. Really, he's just coming mm. back into it after just over a year out now, and mm. um, he's going to get two cracks at the whip. So two seasons there. Racing Point for the first season, Aston Martin for the next season. They've got Sergio Perez until twenty twenty two. That's um, that's locked in stone because uh, Carlos Slim supports. Perez gives him a lot of money to race and also he's a very good driver so they're putting a lot of money behind the team the same as uh, Lawrence Stroll which unsurprisingly means that Lance Stroll his son <laughs> yeah is in the team in the family. basically indefinitely indefinitely I couldn't find a um an exact length of contract but it's uh, suspected 2022 I mean, minimum it's probably right. it's as long as daddy Stroll is in that chair to be honest I mean that's sort of just a given now isn't it he's 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 never going to move to Ferrari or McLaren well, I mean, I think Lawrence Stroll is a businessman, and yeah. if Lance is is absolutely terrible, then I, I can see him dropping him. But you know, yeah, but he won't go anywhere. He'll only There's do no, that. I mean, they're yeah, as yeah, low as they can yeah. get. I mean, don't, don't get point, me. it's in theory as low as they can get unless yeah. they're going to Williams. Don't get um, me wrong, right? So no one else is going to get this reference, but Lance Stroll is Anastasia. <laughs> you leave him in that car for long enough, he's going to get better. <laughs> and eventually he will become a decent Formula or 1 just driver by himself purely because role. he's been in the car for so long. So Anastasia Diamonds. Stroll, um, which yes. is what we're going to call him all year now, I've decided. Anastasia, yes. Anastasia Stroll um, is is in that car until Daddy <laughs> And we won't say why because the libel will be too much. Yeah, exactly. But it's fine. It's free speech. It's all right. It's yeah. not a problem. Um, yeah. So that is the only contracts that are signed, which means we've got two Mercedes seats, one Red Bull seat, one Renault seat, two Alfa Tori seats, two Alfa Romeo seats, two Haas seats, and two Williams seats, all up for grabs still. Right, so should we go through them as to what we think then? Yeah, let me just, I've, I've got this on a Samsung Note on my phone, right. uh, what, I, what I thought people were going to be where. So, I mean, what do you Hamilton, think? Hamilton makes sense to stay at Mercedes. Why would you not? Why yeah. would you not? He's at the top of his game, top team for him. He's, yeah. got, he's, he's winning world championships back to back. Yeah, but what I think is interesting with this situation is that it's Toto the Bottas, Wolf, isn't it? Well, to, yeah, yeah, he is the in the other seat. But Toto Wolff is saying that Vettel's current situation is interesting, and everyone is then assuming that the situation of Vettel being on the market next year is all oh, that means. You know, pairing up Vettel with Hamilton. Uh, I think that would it's be a power a play. Suicide, not necessarily. 
I think they're they're quite evenly matched. I think Hamilton will get the better of him, but in the right car, Seb's unbeatable. Um, But anyway, I I think that's a power play from Toto Wolff because if he's saying, you know, oh, Vettel being available, that's interesting, German in a German car. Lewis, you haven't signed yet. You might want to, you know, you might want to stop trying to get extra money or you might want to sign that contract that we've offered you rather than just hanging out and deciding because we can sign a four-time world champion to replace you like that. So I think that's I mean, an interesting situation, is, given that they've got George this? Russell just waiting and he's clearly going to be a, you know, a, a race winner and potential uh, world champion. So I think I think it's more I would be very disappointed to see them hire Vettel um, mm-hmm. unless Hamilton was leaving. If Hamilton's leaving, then it makes perfect sense. Vettel and Russell straight in there. But I think George Russell will be in that Mercedes seat at some point. Um, kicking out Bottas, yeah, I can't see. I think this is Bottas's last year. He's just finished his third season with Mercedes, and he's he's shown that on his day he can be very good. But over the course of a season, Hamilton will always beat him unless he has like major reliability issues, like he did in 2016. Um, but Rosberg, I think, is a, was a better, and still yeah. is a better driver than Bottas. It just that's helped Hamilton really. It just means they I haven't mean, had that inter-team battle. But I don't think he's... I think they need to bring someone else in younger than Hamilton, which is another reason why I don't think they'd replace... I don't think they would replace Bottas with Vettel because mm-hmm. Vettel's only got, you know, probably a couple more seasons at the top and then all of a sudden they've got two big drivers who are only two years apart in age and then all of a sudden they've got two ageing stars and no one to replace them with because they've let George Russell go because they can't just keep him in Williams yeah. forever. So, yeah. yeah, I think Vettel's more of a power play backup situation. So I can't I see think... Vettel and Lewis being in the same team. I mean, year. talking about money though, Hamilton came in the rich list as the richest sportsman in the UK at the moment. Yeah. Deserved came, as well, yeah. I think. I think hey. he's, I think he is the best ever British sports person. I think he is. Think? Yeah, I think he is. I can't think of anyone who has done, who has transcended his sport like he has. You could yeah. say, you know, you could say, oh, what's it? Um, Red Graves. Um, there's other other people in other sports as well. You could potentially yeah. say David Beckham, um, but consistently, yeah, know, being Hamilton that sole person has been. I mean, been there. You, you could go Andy Murray, being another one. No, he's Scottish. Yeah, <laughs> it was British. It was British. No, he's Scottish. He's he's losing, so he's mm. Scottish. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, again, but he's. The thing is, he has, British-wise, yes, but he hasn't reached the peak of his sport for a long yeah. period of time. He has been British number one, um, yeah. and he has been world number one, but only for a very short time. Now, you could say that's because he's up against Djokovic and Federer um, yeah. and Nadal, but yes, he's up against Djokovic, Federer and Nadal, and he's not better than them. So how yeah. can he be the best ever? Because he's not yeah. better than them. So yeah. yes, British-wise, he's probably the best British tennis player ever, but yeah. certainly not the best British sports personality yeah. because there's been much better people than him. <laughs> Go on then. Anyway, um, so this motorsport podcast, we've now talked yeah. about Andy Murray and um, <laughs> Anastasia and. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, right. So who are you saying sorry for Mercedes? If, if I had to put money on it, I would say Russell and Hamilton. Which should then leave a space in um, Williams. Yeah, well, there's two. There's no one signed up for Williams yet. Yeah, I mean Russell would be screaming himself. Oh yeah, of course he would. Yeah, you know, um, he's on the young driver program. He's done. Ev- he's done everything that he's been asked of. But 
yeah. he just hasn't quite got the break yet but I mean hope he's only had one season let's see how he does this year against Latifi that's going to be yeah. the test because Latifi's a decent driver okay Kibit, go on then Kibitza so wasn't. Ferrari uh, oh Ferrari okay sure yeah so it's uh, Charles Leclerc obviously yep till yeah. 2024 and science yeah so um, Red Bull uh, Max yeah. Verstappen is contracted until 2023 so it's yeah. who's going to be the sacrificial lamb to work alongside him which Albon so, makes sense Albon at the moment but I think Albon should do well enough and I think he should stay there it's a really um, interesting situation with Red Bull and Alfa Tori because you're contracted to the Red Bull you're contracted to the Red Bull company you're not contracted to the team so they could decide tomorrow Max you're driving the Alfa Tori next week yeah and there's right. nothing to do. There's no contract issues yeah. with that. They can just say, that's it. That's what's happening. So if we talk about the Red Bull organization with AlphaTauri as well as a whole. So you've got Max Verstappen. Yep, nailed on um, until 2023. So Alex Albon's there at the moment. You've also got Danny Kvyat and Pierre Gasly. Yeah. Um, the Red Bull Driver Academy just plows through people left, right and center. Um, mm-hmm. I think for me, I can't see Kvyat staying beyond this season because he's been yeah you know, he's never going to get back into the Red Bull so why would they keep him you know he's he was dumped from Red Bull a few years ago then he was dumped from the program altogether in 2017 then when they ran out of drivers they brought him back because he's a safe pair of hands I can't see him yeah. getting back into the main Red Bull team and given that the AlphaTauri team is there yeah. purely to create new talent why would they keep him so I can't but see him also, staying but also why would Pierre Gasly stay if he gets offered from another team when they I'm not yeah, took him I mean, up to Red Bull and shut on him and pushed him back down yeah, again. <laughs> yeah, and he's done really well. Um, but yeah. I mean, there they've got three good drivers there. Similar situation to when they had Ricardo and Verstappen in the main team with Carlos Sainz in the Toro Rosso mm. team. Um, Sainz was clearly good enough to race elsewhere, but Red Bull didn't let him go. Gasly's now in that situation. Didn't How didn't long? take to it in Red Bull, so they put him back in Toro Rosso, and obviously he's done a lot better. So is this he available. Is a, uh, he he, he is contracts he's contracted to the Red Bull company. I'm not sure when that runs out. To be honest, it's very mm. because it's not linked to it's linked to the organisation. So they could put him in they could put him in F2. Well, they couldn't put him in F2 because he's won that title, so he can't go back there. But they could put him in any other series if they wanted. Um, yeah. He's just contracted to the company. I think he's got one year left on his contract. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, Gasly would be better possibly moving but yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean there's there's some really interesting youngsters there i'm not 100 percent certain on this i know he was on the red bull program in 2016 but was dropped i think he's back on the program now which is sergio setti camera i think he's back on the on the program now he's in f2 uh he almost won it last year he's if he is on the red bull program then he is a in for that one of those alpha tory seats next year um when i i would goes. say Albon would stay with the main senior team Unless he yeah. has a really bad season, in which case they might give Gasly another go. I don't think they will. I think, I think, I mean, have you ever watched that F1 thing? Um, what, Drive to Survive? Drive to Survive. You yeah, just saw I mean, that. he was. What's his name? Um, Christian Horner. Christian Horner didn't, <laughs> could not think of his name. Christian Horner yeah. just was not impressed by Gasly at all. And I don't think he was impressed by his personality as much as he wasn't impressed by his. I mean, they tried. They tried the whole arm around the shoulder thing to say, "Hey, come on, sort this out. You know, you can, you can do this. Um, just relax." Mm-hmm. And then it didn't work, and so they ended up just saying, "Well, 
you know, we haven't got time for you anymore. Go yeah. back to Torosso, which is what they did with Kvyat, and then it destroyed Kvyat for a couple of years. But then he came back stronger. But again, yeah. I don't. They had the opportunity to put Kvyat back in that car, and they put Albon in there, who had three months' experience in Formula One. Yeah. So that tells me that Kvyat will never get back into that seat. Um, so I think that'll be Albon, unless Gasly has a storming season and Albon doesn't. That'll be Albon in the main Red Bull seat. Gasly will probably be maintained in AlphaTauri unless he has a bad season. Unless he wants to go anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, I think with Gasly, he's one of the only people that have been through the Red Bull Academy that's actually got a good chance of going somewhere else because he's shown that he has still got what it takes. Would he fill a, a Renaissance? Um, it's a potential because he's French. So that's a really... That's a that good shout for Renault. Sense, doesn't it? It is, mean, it is an option. To be honest, the Renault, if if you think, is Ocon staying, you think? Well, yeah, Ocon's contracted for 2021. So, um, Gasly and Ocon seem like quite... I mean, I did think about Bottas in Renault, yep, but... Yep, he's on my list. What they're talking about at the moment is Vettel, and I don't think the reason I don't think it'd be Vettel is because he shunned McLaren because he said he didn't want to spend three years on a project. He wants, to, yeah. he wants to be in a competitive car winning races and I don't think Renault are going to be in that position so I can't see him signing for Renault. Bottas, if he gets dropped by Mercedes, that's a really good shout for them. Um, the other one they're talking about is Alonso. He spent a lot of time... Oh. Yep, he spent a lot of time at the Endstone team. Um, over, he spent two spells there. He started there. Well, he started at Minardi but he was... Um, mm -hmm. Flavio Briatore owned him so he brought him into the team as test driver and then brought him into the team to be a world champion um so i just i just think though i think that ship sailed now i can't see him coming back now the other option is guan yu zhou the uh yes, the reserve driver reserve, yeah. the only thing with with guan yu zhou is he doesn't have enough super license points right now however you need 40 points to get into formula one and formula two anywhere than top three positions this is out 40 points I think he's got 12 points at the moment, which means he just needs four, four above in the Formula 2 Championship, and then he's able to hold a super license. So mm -hmm. that's that's keep your eye on that. If, if Joe is looking like top three in the F2 Championship next year, he's got a shout of that Renault drive. Okay. And then Bottas would be the other one. So it'd be one of those four. I mean, I don't. I mean, if Vettel doesn't go into the Renault chair, he's not going to go anywhere. He's just going to. Yeah, go I think so. Time. If he's if he's not in Renault. Well, I mean, it, it, there's still a chance of Mercedes, but that depends on what Hamilton does. Well, Hamilton's not going to retire, and where's he going to go? But now that Ferrari have tied up their drivers, unless he ends up going to Red Bull, which won't happen unless Max Verstappen goes, I can't see anything but Lewis Hamilton re-signing at Mercedes. Mm. So, Why would um, he? I, there's nowhere else. <laughs> there yeah. is nowhere else. Yeah, exactly. Um, unless he went to um, Aston Martin, because there's rumours about Toto Wolff going to Aston Martin, and he might decide to follow Toto Wolff. But I think he would only do that after another two years at Mercedes to give him a real good crack at that, you know, but matching. You say that, you say that, and he went into that Mercedes chair as an yes. original without yes, he did. knowing anything about but, Mercedes. Well, he knew he knew Mercedes were going to be competitive, and he knew McLaren weren't competitive. Yeah. If Mercedes aren't competitive this year, which I can't see that happening, just based on testing alone, you can see that's mm -hmm. not going to be the case. But if that Mercedes car was not competitive, then I can see him jumping. But He'll, I think he'll sign a two-year deal to stay at Mercedes, which will keep him there until 2023. And then 2023 comes along. If Aston Martin are winning races, then he'll go to there or back to McLaren. 
Yeah. Oh, that, that's, that's sorry. Favorite. You just you just remind me of something. For some reason, I was just thinking um, when I was watching that F one Drive to Survive and um, the and um, album gets into his car, and it's an Aston Martin. Yeah. Because. They're sponsored, Red Bull are sponsored by Aston Martin at the moment. Yeah. I, I was just thinking, so how, so now, uh, and he would, he was, uh, he wasn't Red Bull at that point. He was Toro Rosso. So Toro Rosso. Uh, He'd just been promoted so, to Red Bull, hadn't he? Yeah. But that car was from his Toro Rosso days. Um, they'd been given it for that. He said, he said, oh, it's my Toro Rosso car. Um, and I was just thinking like, so what cars are they all driving? And, and you saw Hulkenberg driving in a Renault like Renault Clio no, yeah it was something it was some sporty Renault yeah. Megane R type thing oh, what was so it? Hamilton's what's Hamilton G-Wagon blatantly isn't he he's either G-Wagon or he's gone for a CLS or something do you know what he owns a lot of Ferraris whether he's oh, really? allowed whether he's allowed yeah, to drive them or whether not whether he's when driving he's on... them in space yeah well, um, he's trying to cut down on his cars because he's trying to go carbon neutral and he's gone vegan and all that stuff so. and all the McLarens obviously have McLarens so that's an easy yeah. one to get a decent car Renaults Renaults have the, yeah, the, yeah. the uh, Renault Clios and yeah. the, I think it really was the Megane R Sport was. type 1 probably was yeah um, the RS Sport version yeah. and Racing Point well I presume they'll have the Aston Martins this year are they yeah. not sponsored by Aston Martin this year, are they? Who? Sorry. Racing Point. Racing Point? Um, no, because they've still got a contract with Red Bull. For another year. Yeah, and then when Until that the deal expires, then they will become but that's probably Aston Martin still Racing. Aston Martins. Alfa Romeo. Rebel well, won't. They don't... Rebel won't have Aston Martin beyond this season. No, I don't know what they'll have. What car will they be driving? Well, they've their sponsor is always really odd because their their engine supplier is Honda and they're sponsored by Aston Martin, which have Mercedes engines in them. Yeah. So it's just a bit... <laughs> You've got three brands there, all in one. So yeah, um, the, the Hondas they, don't have any sporty might, cars. Yeah, they might have Honda as a title sponsor. Yeah, have Honda um, on the rear wing instead. So I'm going to stick my neck sorry. out there, and I am going to say that Alex Albon is going to remain at Red Bull. Um, I reckon he is. Why would he not? If as, well, it's not I a case he's of a promising. I think he's a really promising driver. He works well with Verstappen. He's that depends. Sort of he's never again. challenged Verstappen. Because yeah, but. He, I mean, no. for for good reason. He's only just signed for them. Uh, yeah. He only came in halfway through the season. But it's going to be interesting to see this year. You know, Ricardo was on top of Max Verstappen in Max Verstappen's first year at Red Bull because he came in four races into the season. Um, yeah. It'd be interesting to see now that he's got that time under his belt and he's you know he's relaxed into the team now. If he feels safe, how's he? You know, how does he do against yeah. Verstappen on equal footing? The other two drivers as well, I, I think, need to be mentioned for um, Alfa Tori. You've got um, Jayan Daruvala in F2, the Indian, um, who's driving for Carling, and his teammate is Yuki Tsunoda. Now, how much of a great situation would that be for Honda to get a Japanese driver in the car? They've always wanted it, but... You know, Yuki Tsunoda looks like he's going to be a decent driver. He's driving in a good team in F2, up mm. against a fellow Red Bull junior driver, Jayan Daruvala. Whoever comes out on top out of those two, I think will be in one of the AlphaTauri cars next year. So I so, would say Gasly, I reckon, yeah. will be dropped from the programme altogether and may end up somewhere like Williams or Renault. And it will be Seti Camera and Tsunoda. I would say. Well, you reckon both of the Alpha Tories are going? Yeah, I think it's not it's not beyond them to to do that. They've done that a few times. Well, Gasly Gasly would surely go to Williams then. 
Potentially, Williams or Renault. That's one of the options there, Williams or well, Renault. Well, Renault, he's not going to go to Renault, but I think there's too many other bigger names in Renault that, that can go into the Renault chair. I don't think he's the right person to go into Renault yeah, anyway. It, depend, it depends how Ocon does. If Ocon becomes the de facto team leader and, and does really well, then they could potentially bring in a youngster, hence Guan Yu Zhou would be an mm. option for Renault. But no, Renault want to win, not have a support they, act for They Ocon. do, but also they want team harmony. So having a clear number one yeah. and then having a decent driver to push that number one, but not beat them. Similar to like the Hamilton Bottas situation, I think would suit mm. them. I so mean, that's me anyway. That's what I think will be for the and Renault. What about Alpha, Alpha Romeo then? Alfa Romeo, so I think this has surely got to be Raikkonen's last year. Surely. What's he, like 49 <laughs> now or something? No, yeah, no, no, he's not quite that old. I think he's 43, 42, something like that. Um, I, it's surely got to be his last year. Um, and Giovinazzi is just, he's a blancmange in a car. I can't see them maintaining him. Ferrari will, Ferrari have a stake in Alfa Romeo, so they will be able to put one driver in that car. It's got to be Mick Schumacher, surely. I can't. I don't think he deserves it's, it, provided he gets Schumacher super license related points. to the Schumachers. I haven't quite worked yeah, that Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's Michael Schumacher's son, Michael he's Schumacher Jr. Oh, we can get some Michael Schumacher updates. Yeah, and there's also in F3 next year is David Schumacher, Ralph Schumacher's son. Well, <laughs> so we he's, could have. He's, he's gonna fail. Yeah. yeah so we got Michael lose. and Ralph, and then we could have David and Mick. Um, so Cousins. yeah but I think it'll be I mean Mick Schumacher needs to I think he came 8th in the championship last year which means he would need well he's got F3 championship from the year before which gives him another 20 points I think it was because it was F European F3 so that would give him 26 points I think so he would need 5th place or higher in F2 this year to get into F1 so fifth or fourth to be safe, because I'm not entirely certain on those numbers. So he would need probably fourth place in F2 next year to get a super license. But to be honest, it's a Schumacher in F1. It's going to happen. So I'm sure they would just like say, oh, hello, here's some of Michael Schumacher's millions. Make it happen. Um, so mm, I think he'll be in one happen? of the seats. And they would need an experienced driver to go alongside. Much as I don't like this, I think Nico Hulkenberg is nailed on for that seat. You know my feelings on Nico Hulkenberg. From if anyone yeah. heard the podcast last week, listen back to it. My rant on Hulkenberg went very similar to Carl's rant on Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think Hulkenberg. Or the other option there, if Schumacher doesn't do well, is Robert Schwartzman. Did great in G in F3 last year, um, and he's in F2 this year. If he does well in F2, then he would get a super license as well. So I would say Hulkenberg and either. Mick Schumacher or Robert Schwartzman. Double driver change at Alfa Romeo. That's my prediction. And where will Antonio Giovinazzi? <laughs> Giovinazzi. He'll be Giovinazzi. gone. Giovinazzi. <laughs> I don't think he's good enough. I don't think, I really don't. I mean, I hope he sorts himself out. No, Williams are wanting to get, Williams have got a plan to go up, haven't they? No, well, everyone can plan to go up, but, anyone. you know, you've you got to climb Oh, no. That, like, sorry. Yeah, but then they wouldn't take anyone. Well, that's not a few years ago, they had Lance Stroll, um, sorry, they had Anastasia Stroll paying thirty million for his seat, and then they had Sergei Sorotkin paying mm. fifteen million for his seat, and they had a horrendous season. So I, I think yeah. they can and will. That's I mean, really they're bad. in a pretty dire financial situation, so I can see that. I mean, they've got 
Nicholas Latifi, he's in there paying a lot of money for that seat. I think he's a decent driver. He'll be alongside George Russell this year. If mm-hmm. Russell isn't in Mercedes, then I think that will remain for another year. If Russell is in Mercedes, yeah. you've got Dan Tictum is a possibility. Young British driver. Um, he yeah. is in dams with Sean Galeal this year, and Sean Galeal is useless. So um, that's he's got a good chance of doing well in in F2 next year. So if Dan Titchen does well, I can see him getting into that seat. Or there's Pierre Gasly is another option there. But I think Latifi's nailed on for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, and then on to Haas, which I can't see that well, moving. Well, the thing with Haas, um, I can't see the driver staying, but I can't see Haas being on the grid. I think, I think Gene Haas, if they don't do well this year, potentially might give them another year. But I, I think Haas will be, if they're on the grid, I think they'll maintain one of Grosjean uh, or Magnussen. I'm not sure which one at the moment. Grosjean. I, I think I would say Magnussen over Grosjean. The thing is, <laughs> Grosjean's done 10 years in Formula 1 now, and he's always been average. Magnussen has always been mm-hmm. average, but he's only done four or five years. Five years. Yeah. So it's he's kind of got time on his and, side. And is there any rumours, apart from Aston Martin, is there any other rumours for any other teams wanting to come in? There was um, the Pantera team. Uh, Asian, oh, the Asian yes. team. This is this Russian, Asian, the Russian yeah, Asian that's, that's, team. That's, like, they're not quite sure yeah, who it that's, is. That's a possibility, like, but that won't be until 2022 at the earliest now. That that could happen. Russian I just, funded if they are Asian in, team. Just, I just want them to be they don't have to be winning races, but I don't want them to be like, you know, like Caterham and HRT were worst name for Formula 1 team in history. HRT. Um, but um, <laughs> I don't want them to be like that. Just so long as they're, you know, on the back of the, you know, someone's got to be last. And if they're last, they're last. But as long as they're kind of on the back and there to score points when there's a few retirements. But um, one thing we haven't spoken about with, with Haas, if they are on the grid, and I think they'll lose one of the drivers, potentially Grosjean. Um, the other one, they're desperate to get a Brazilian back on the grid. And Pedro Pique is doing a good job. I think he is a good shout for that, given yeah. that he's... He's South American, and they really want the American in that car, but there's just no good Americans out there at the moment. I think Pedro Pique would be <laughs> a a great shout for that drive. Yeah, so that that's what I think anyway. But um, if you guys think we're all talking cold swallop, um, let us know. Tell us what you think is going to be the grid for 2021. So that's... Um, yeah, uh, monkeyseatpodcast at gmail.com. You can message us on our website, um, www.monkeyseat.com. You can catch us on all the socials at Monkey Seat Pod. Uh, just let us know what you think the grid will be and your reason for it. Let us know. You forgot Williams. Uh, no, I said Williams. Who's I said Williams, Latifi then? is nailed on and then potentially Dan right. Tictum or um, uh, Gasly's a possibility. Oh, yeah, you did. That's Sorry. fine. Sorry, you were just yawning and moving on. But yeah, so that yeah. is our silly season prediction so far. Um, yeah. Yeah. So moving on then. Um, um, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Bernie X. Damn Formula One. Happy birthday to you. Yeah, Bernie X is about 100, not 70. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, he was in 1958. He was actually an F1 driver as well. What? Yep. He uh, he put in for two races. He tried to qualify for. Uh, driving for was him. It? Was it Silverstone and Monaco? Oh yeah, one the classy was, ones. One of them was definitely Monaco. The other one might have been Silverstone. Um, but yeah, he failed to qualify for both races. So well done, Bernie. Go on. So, um, yeah, yes, so it's 70. Formula One That's... has turned 70. Um, I mean, how did even Formula One start? It seems like such a random thing to... Well, I'm glad you asked that, Carl, because fortunately... <laughs> I've, uh... I haven't just set you up at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean... not at all. That's a great segue. Um, so, um, Formula One, as an entity, began just after the war. Uh, it was... It, the championship didn't start until 1950, but um, it was kind of created from the uh, originally from the European Championship of Grand Prix Racing, which was around in the 1920s and 1930s. Um, so where have they got this 70 years from then? Um, because the first F1 championship race was 70 years ago. Uh, this month. Right, 1950. Yeah, exactly. Mm. That makes sense, doesn't it? So yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, the first race was <laughs> at, yours, the first race was at Silverstone. Um, which was uh, on the 13th of May 1950, so hence why, you know, it's uh, this, this week. Happy birthday. Um, King yeah. George the Sixth, Queen Elizabeth, and Princess... Whichever the princess was at the time. Princess Margaret? Was it Princess Margaret back then? I think it was. Were all in attendance watching the race. They found some rare footage of it. I saw oh, really? last year, and I actually saw the highlights from the race, and it was mental. It was so weird seeing it. It's people standing there with cigarettes. What cars were they driving, like... Like um, the long front engine yes the basically the, the bullets with the seat in the boot yeah it was yeah. um front engined cars with the massive grills um basically bathtubs with rocket fuel in them wow. driving down straights at 200 well not 200 miles now probably 100 miles now by then um yeah. first race was run by um giuseppe farina in his alfa romeo and he won the title so hang on hang on well. hang on so ferrari claimed to be the longest yeah, they were in the first season, but they didn't enter until Monaco in uh, later that month. So they, were, I think, may have even been the second race, but they oh, wow. they weren't in the very first race. There were 26 drivers in that race, none of which were Ferrari. So hang on, so Silverstone, Monaco, is there any other uh, Grand Prix that have lasted all 70 years? Although now, ironically, Silverstone will get the 70 years and Monaco won't. Yes, <laughs> that's true. If they've yeah. been in every single year. Yeah, um, I don't think Monaco has been in every year. Um, How's it not? They've been in most years. And Silverstone have, hasn't been in every year either because um, no, there was a right. few years it went to Brands Hatch. It was at Donington for the European Grand Prix once. Ironically, I wonder what the though, longest running the, track is. The, Brit the British Grand Prix in that was, was called the British and European Grand Prix. That was its official title in that race <laughs> so yeah um it was um it was a completely different time really obviously um, so alpha's then officially been in it the longest well they haven't been in it cons they, they're the oldest who cares anything to piss off ferrari and mercedes were in it then as well so you could say that they're only third oh uh, yeah yeah so alpha romeo were all conquering in the first season um it was one manuel fangio who won everything back then like 50 what a great name yeah, so that's kind of the history of Formula One. I heard a great story when I was when I was at Silverstone once. I was um, I was having a bit of a tour around the complex, and um, I thought this was the first ever Formula One race, but um, 
I, I was I've since been schooled by my good friend Wikipedia uh, on this, and I believe it was the first ever race at Silverstone. If you imagine the um, the old F1 circuit, which is very square with the kind of the triangle at the top, um, up near the the Abbey section, or what it was then. That was the Grand Prix circuit in the first ever season. But the first ever race at Silverstone, they went around the um, they went around the perimeter road, but then they cut in down the two runways that go in. If you know the Silverstone layout, you've got two runways that go across it, which is obviously an old airfield, um, and those two runways cross over each other. So what they would do is they would go down one and then do a massive U-turn and go back up the other way, then go around the rest of the around the rest of the perimeter road and then when they get to the other side they would go down the runway massive u-turn and back the other way sounds great however these cars are then literally doing u-turns from 100 miles an hour within a few meters of each other and just a couple With of traffic cones drum breaks back then yeah and there's literally just a couple of traffic cones in the way and they're saying yeah just mm -hmm. you know you just turn and so the drivers um we're like, oh, what a chap. We, we feel this is a bit of a safety problem. I'm I, terribly sorry. I hope this isn't too much of a bore for you, but uh, we, <laughs> we, we're a little worried that uh, if our brakes fail, we're just going to plough into one. And, you know, that, that's not going to be great for tea, is it? And um, so they decided the solution to this was to put up a sheet between them so they so couldn't they see, see each, each other. other. So they're ploughing <laughs> towards each other at 100 miles an hour plus with nothing but a sheet separating yeah. What's them worse going in blind or going well in yeah what you're doing? so you can you can either see your impending doom or go out in a or blaze you, of glory or you hit the black the blanket and go through it and then still can't see you can't mess. see anything anyway so you can't avoid yeah. the oncoming cars so, so covering your face fantastic story right. i love that story i'm just i was just really disappointed when it wasn't the first ever formula one race it was just yeah. the first motor race which is a real shame because that that would have been a great story for formula one but yeah so happy birthday mm. silverstone and uh, happy birthday, um, Formula One at Silverstone as well. Talking of Silverstone. Yep. Um, it's on. Seemingly. It's on. They've agreed an agreement. So uh, Silverstone Managing Director has said, I'm delighted to confirm that Silverstone and Formula One have reached an agreement in principle to host the two races behind closed doors this summer. However, these races will be subject to government approval as our priority is the safety of all involved and strict compliance with COVID-19 regulations, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah, the Portuguese Grand Prix is on by standby. Hmm? I was wrong. I got my figures mixed up the other day about this 15 million that they wanted. All right. What, what it is, is Silverstone pays the F1 15 million to host the Grand Prix. And that's okay. where the sticking point was. So I think potentially what they were saying then was that they, because they want to host two Grand Prix or or Formula One want them to host two Grand Prix, yeah. that so they it's in thirty grand, thirty million, thirty yeah. million. So they, they, they I think they're asking that they don't have to pay the second fee, yeah. which to be honest I think is very reasonable. So what the yeah, agreement yeah. is, I don't know. Probably that. Probably it's two for the price of one. Yeah, and I um, think given that they're going to have no is, yeah. fans, I think that's fair. Personally. Well, no income, full stop. Um, so I mean, they'll get some, they'll get a cut of the television money, and they'll get you know some revenue from it, but mm. not an awful lot. And they've got to pay the yeah, staff so. to be there and, and maintain yeah, the circuit. So it's but, still but yeah, so the Portuguese Grand Prix is on standby to replace it if if it does fall through, uh, because Portugal are in a much better position than us apparently. Um, and I assume this was had it, yeah, I assume this was Estoril that they were talking about as the. Um, as the Portuguese Grand Prix, but it isn't. It's um, Portimao. It's Port Portimao. Um, yeah, Portimao. Portimao. 
yeah. Potty mouth. Potty mouth, yeah. Potty mouth, which is um, which is a race circuit that was built in 2008. We've had pre-season testing there once. Um, it hosted A1 Grand Prix when that fell on its face. Uh, and it's done all kinds mm. of other stuff as well. Um, Super League Formula, GP2 Series before F2, um, World uh, World Series, Renault World Series, uh, Superbike World Championship. So it's done a lot. Um, it's in the Algarve. Yeah. Uh, it's mm. done Le Mans, uh, Le Mans Series, 1,000 kilometres as well, um, oh, and nice. the World Touring Car Championship. So it's done a lot of stuff. So we're never going there then. Um, hopefully uh, We probably won't go there, no. Yeah. I hope not. Um, I love talking about other racetracks that have been given the go-ahead. One in August. Austria is definitely going ahead, yes? Aust- yeah, Austria's yeah. yeah, in principle, is going ahead. Yeah, That's the principle. first one. But Spa. But Belgium, Spa. I am both very surprised about, but very happy about, because... Because um, it's miles they... away from anywhere, which causes its own problems. It's not like you can just land next door. It's in the mountains, but there are towns. There are kind of towns mm. interspersed, and there's houses on the circuit. So it's not completely isolated. But um, Belgium were saying there'll be no sporting events this year because they've been hit quite bad. But I think they've made an exception for Formula One, but it has to be behind closed doors. So, um, so that's shame. at least till August that we've got closed doors then. Yeah. Yeah, it looks that way. Um, um, but uh, there's a few details I mean, to be settled by organisers. Um, but it's to be taken with great caution because no one is in a position to say exactly what will happen in the coming weeks with the coronavirus epidemic. Epidemic yeah. is a pandemic. Hmm. Um, second mm-hmm. wave of the outbreak could indeed bring a situation into question. So if they maintain what they're doing and things keep moving in the in the current curve, then it should happen. But if we have a flare-up, yeah. then it won't. But more importantly, what won't happen if there is a flare-up is my wedding. So I really want no. that to happen. So no yes. flare-ups, please, in the that'd UK. Be, that'd be one of the times when we're actually both together. I don't know. Yeah. We might not. Will we be? Yeah, we would. We'll, yeah, we we'll should be. And, and my stag do as well. Again, that might not happen either. Yeah, when you, well, that's got less chance of happening. When's your honeymoon? Are you going straight after? Uh, a couple of days after, but the future, the future. So we Mrs. could almost get. Yeah. So we could almost get one in between the wedding. Yeah. And the... So the um the, the future Mrs. Tom <laughs> is going to have to put up with me podcasting from Mauritius. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> tough luck. Yeah. I was there first. Yeah. Sorry, darling. Um. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so that's that talking situation. Talking about talking about being rich and going off on lovely Mauritius holidays. Um, McLaren won't ever afford any. Well, they're still a very rich organisation, but the problem with McLaren is that they're going through some financial troubles, obviously, at the moment with the situation. It's more kind of expected revenue differential rather than, oh shit, we're going out of business. So this is um, McLaren as a whole rather than yes, F1 McLaren, 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 isn't it? This is McLaren Group. Yeah, so the group revenues last year were up 18% to $1.4 billion. So that's their, that's their revenues, but um, uh, more than 90% of McLaren's supercars are exported. Um, in addition to the HQ at Woking, McLaren has Composite Materials Centre in Sheffield, and they employ but mm. they employ four thousand people, North. and they are using the uh, furlough scheme um, as well. Um, yeah, but yeah. Um, along with everyone else, yeah. But they what they're wanting to do is um, they need to try and raise three hundred million in loans secured against McLaren high tech production facility factory. So that's the uh, Wokingham, that's the Woking, mm-hmm. not Wokingham, giving away where we no, live. Woking. The Woking Technology Centre um, is, and also their classic car 
um, inventory as well. So all the classic cars, yeah. the Senna cars, the James Hunt cars, and all that kind of stuff is uh, is all basically to be mortgaged to pay the bills, which is yes. worrying. But McLaren are McLaren. They do run at a profit. And given that the way the cost cap is coming into Formula One, I can see that within five years, they should be able to offset that £300 million loss. So yeah. hopefully... I don't, I don't think it'll be too much of a problem. I think, yeah. I mean, they've got, they have the factory and they have the cars to remortgage. Yeah, just watch this space anyway, though, because so. it, it is worrying when they feel they have to do that. But... Um, I don't. I think that's just a profit warning more than anything else. Yeah, I mean, it's good that they're doing this now, and they're not doing like what Williams mm. were doing and other teams were doing, where they were just running the company into the ground, and then all of a sudden they've got no money and they go out of business. So, I mean, they've yeah. got the technology arm, um, uh, and they've got their supercar business as well. Like McLaren, as when I was actually trying to get a job at McLaren, I was researching the uh, company uh, myself quite a lot, and they. They're actually one of the biggest growth businesses in the UK at the moment. And they have been for a few mm-hmm. years. So their growth potential is massive. And they, you know, what they've actually been growing is is great. But obviously, it's going to be it's going to have a massive hit now. The the guaranteed impending financial crisis that's going to follow all of this yeah. is going to hit them because they're in the luxury market. So it depends. If the rich stay rich, then they should the be all right. The rich will stay rich. That's the thing. The rich are staying rich. And, and that's been proved by a lot of figures at the moment. As usual. And the poor are still poor. It's the middle class that always gets screwed over in these things. But, yeah, you know, and those that are up and coming. But the very rich stay rich. McLaren will lose some from the people that are, you know, that are the middle class that are doing well. At top end of the middle class, they'll be hit. But actually i don't i think the rich are rich and will stay rich and will still be by the yeah. mclarens i'm not too fussed in the same way people will still buy ferraris and lambos and all that you know i think yep. you'd be more worrying being range rover at the moment than anyone land rover Jack. yeah yeah especially yeah. i was gonna say especially is it owned by jaguar then yeah land rover you don't want to be right now yeah um yeah so no. um yeah. Okay. So, if you want to name the title of the next the next point on the agenda, and I will tell you my thoughts on it. There's this little Italian company that wants yeah. to go to America. Okay. Ferrari in IndyCar or NASCAR? I mean, that'd be hilarious. They're in NASCAR. Be so Ferrari going to IndyCar? To... Bull yeah. shit. Absolute. So why would that bullshit. even happen? Where has this rumor come from? Um, it's Ferrari. It's, it's Matteo Bonotto himself has come out and said uh, he's the team director. He has confirmed that the team is evaluating future developments in IndyCar racing after agreeing to the $145 million budget cap in a bid to save jobs. Oh, they're throwing their little toys out the pram. Yeah. I, when I first read this, I thought it was yet another Ferrari quit threat, but apparently it's not. Um, they've reported, they obviously, they reached the agreement for the $145 million cost cap, but um, that does mean that they are going to have to lose a lot of staff and they don't want to dismiss staff. So they're looking at um, other ways that they can repurpose staff into other areas and other businesses. Um to maintain their future. Oh, aren't Ferrari wonderful? So I, I can really see Ferrari going to <laughs> America and running a no. spec car that they don't design with either a Chevrolet or a Honda engine in the back of that Ferrari. Can you see that happening? 
No, no, no. Uh, they, to be honest, they've got more chance of going to Rico. Yeah. The um, Formula E, I can't see that because Formula E, Formula e um, they don't really have any interest in hybrid technology. Well, they've got one small hybrid, but it's like a token hybrid. It's like an SUV with a, yeah, with a hybrid engine in it, but it's like to... it's like a scale electric engine in it, and it's still 600 horsepower, so it's like a pointless hybrid. Um, yeah, but the thing with the Ferrari and, and going electric is they have to be seen to be moving forwards yeah. with all these car you know all these car companies as we seem to be moving yeah. forward into electric power because unfortunately that is sort of the future and f well f formula e will become f1 at some point in the next 50 years you know yeah. formula e will become f1 in the next 50 years um so why would ferrari not get a head start in going into that well what i can thing, see almost- is IndyCar currently run um, turbo V6 engines like Formula One, but they're not hybrid engines. They're just tur- they're just mm-hmm. V6 turbos. So I can see Ferrari entering talks with IndyCar to become engine suppliers. So you'd have Honda, Chevrolet, or Ferrari. That I can see. Now that would make sense because that would you know Ferrari are not there to sell cars. Ferrari are, an, are a car manufacturer who sell a lifestyle choice. They're not there to sell cars. I think it was um, yeah. Top Gear, I think, said this, and it, it just rings so true that um, they basically they sell cufflinks and and watches and keychains. Yeah. It's, it's a lifestyle they sell. They, they couldn't care less about their car industry. It's such a small part of what they do. They earn more money from yeah. selling merchandise than they do from selling cars. So um, <laughs> cracking that American market, you know, Ferrari winning an IndyCar, as an engine supplier, um, would, yeah, would be, would be a, a possibility. Name, but, I, but I don't think that I don't think even for the Americans would even care. The Americans aren't Ferrari crazy. No, I mean they're, they're obviously not. Chevy. I mean they've taken the Honda though. Mm. To be fair, I mean yeah, but the Honda moment. is a Honda's a brand that the Americans know through and through. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they know Ferrari as well. It's They'll know Ferrari, the most... but Honda's in Honda's in a lot more cars in America than Ferrari would ever be. Yeah, quite possibly, but maybe like, um, it might be a way for them to try and crack that market a little bit. But as I said, it's more the lifestyle. Hang on, you can't say that because they have the American Grand Prix. It's not as if Ferrari's unknown to the American market. No, of course not. But and they, I don't. I think those that uh, you know, Formula One is not massive in America. Um, it's what is massive in America is is IndyCar, NASCAR, all that kind of. Um, yeah. like, you know, where you've got like the World Series, which is in you know ninety percent in America, and you've got IndyCar, yeah, which yeah. is you know got a couple of races in Canada, but that's it. So it's it's a market that they would like to crack, um, and I can I can see this might be a way of doing it. Now, what Bonotto did say in that article that I read was that this is they are only looking at alternatives um, to Formula One, as in. Um, to run alongside the Formula One program, so they're not looking to pull out of Formula One, which is probably the first time they've ever said that in well, certainly the last <laughs> ten years, which means yeah. they're definitely pulling out. <laughs> if they're saying that they're yeah. not pulling out of Formula One, it means they're pulling out of Formula One. Well, they're throwing the toys out the front. I mean, it depends on this Concord agreement, doesn't it? As well. Yeah, which has kind of been put on the back burner now, which is a bit of a shame, but because um, I want to get that in, get rid of that Ferrari veto. Yeah. Most important thing. It'd be interesting. It would be a shame um, if we used our veto to veto the veto going. <laughs> um, so talking about Americans, they started driving again. They did. Well, they started Yesterday, racing. I watched some actual car racing. Unfortunately, it was only <laughs> half a race because they were already turning left. Um, <laughs> it was um, NASCAR got back underway yesterday. Which, oh, really? um, yeah, 
Uh, well, for when you guys hear this, if you're listening to it when the podcast first comes out, it's going to be Tuesday by the time this comes out. We're recording it Monday yeah. night um, for a change. So I watched it Sunday night. And I have to admit, I didn't watch the whole thing. I ducked out for about half an hour in the middle of it. But uh, I saw the beginning. I mean, I saw nothing the happens, end, I'm sure. And I saw. Um, this is this is my review, my comprehensive review. First ever race review on this podcast. Tom's NASCAR, NASCAR review. So um, it was... Um, they, I turned it on. I thought, oh damn, I've missed the start. And it's like, oh no, maybe they're just on the parade lap. Yeah, there's a pace car. They're on the parade lap. Right, 15 minutes later, they're still going around doing parade laps. And I was like, what's going on? I know IndyCar do that as well, but it's just like, okay, yeah. so they have lots and lots of parade laps, and they were going to internal views of all the of all the cars, and uh, each camera had a sponsor. And it's like, oh, this camera angle is brought to you by Ford, which uh, <laughs> I was like, great. OK, I mean, I was listening to it on a Spanish feed because I didn't have official yeah, ways of watching it. So um, it was a Spanish feed, which was hilarious because it was just like, hey, Monta Bueno, Jimmy Johnson. It was just yeah, quite yeah. weird. Um, <laughs> I know that, that sounded more Mexican than Spanish, but there we go. Um, and yeah, so the race finally got underway and within five seconds of the start, um, full course caution and there was a car in the barrier and then they went to break for 10 minutes no really and I was like why are they why have they I mean firstly so it was quite a low speed collision straight onto the inside barrier which not a lot of cars are going to hit I don't think he bar- damaged the bar- barrier particularly hard but the car was still drivable he managed to get it back into the pits and it was right by the pit entry so within 30 seconds of the crash happening the track was clear yet they were sitting on caution for 10 minutes <laughs> so I'm just like okay um, well they're getting all their adverts in now but is that not is that also yes it, you yeah it's the an oval route, it's an oval but it still takes about it's like a 50 they, second lap yeah that's the problem it's still it's only a 50 second lap isn't yeah, it yeah but so he was clear got, he was he was in the pits he was down in pit road yeah, before they came round again clear, but was there any debris on the track I didn't see this is what I mean I didn't clear. see any debris I mean, they went straight to brake so I couldn't really see but they were on brake for like 10 minutes and then they got underway again and then the racing was, was looking alright um, and I thought is this going to be like crashes every 5 seconds so I had to shoot off for a bit so I went to do my bits and bobs and then I came back about half an hour later and the race was still going on and I saw that Jimmy Johnson had started 6th and he'd got his way up to 3rd and um, and there'd only been yeah. one other caution as well so quite a big portion of the race had gone there'd only been one other caution which is good but there was just so much overtaking it was uh, and not in a good way it was just kind of like oh that's someone else overtaking someone else he's a lap down oh no now he's catching up again um, mm-hmm. and then Jimmy Johnson um, took the lead in the closing stages and then was coming up to lap someone and just caught just caught the back of the car and then went straight into the barrier and this was on the last lap. <laughs> and right, then the race so and then the race finished the under and then the race finished under caution. So it's like <laughs> yeah. I mean I've seen that a few times uh, when I've watched the 500 there's been like last last lap yeah. crashes and things and that happens when people are you know they're racing in the last stages but he was lapping someone. He was winning. He got from 6th to 1st. He was lapping this guy and he just caught the back of the car completely his fault. He just misjudged the distance, caught the back of the car straight into the wall. And that it's was it. Yeah. And this is the guy that's... Well, he, so he would actually go down quite well in IndyCar then because he was on about going to IndyCar. It's his last year in NASCAR. That was the thing, year. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's the guy we spoke about last week. That's that, yeah. So that's my comprehensive review of NASCAR. It's... Um, if you've never watched NASCAR before and you're not into American motorsport, don't worry about it. If you are into ovals and that kind of, you know, that drafting and... and 
and um, go low, go low, go high, go high, that kind of racing, then that's fine. You'll enjoy it. Is the track on a bank? Yeah, yeah, it's, it it's bank? mostly banked. That bank. track, that track mm. was banked. It wasn't a massively steep bank, but it was it was banked. I'd love um, to drive on a banked road. Most most ovals are banked, to be honest. Cool. Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever driven on a banked track. Um, I mean, on a go I went to Brooklands. Have you ever been to Brooklands? Yeah. Seen that, that, that bank. Yeah. That bank is like vertical. I'm not even joking. It's yeah. Absolutely vertical. It's yeah. mad. That'd be great. Imagine That's... doing that at 200 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> you can't. There's no room. Well, no, you can't now, no. Yeah. But that's where the McLaren F1 got up to, two, got yeah. up to 240 miles an hour, I think. But yeah. Not um, so no. I will continue to watch NASCAR um, if I can figure out when it's on and if I can get it on an oh, English-speaking commentary as well. That'd be good. Um, if you know where to watch NASCAR, if you're in the UK, um, please let us know because I, like I would like to continue watching without having to learn Spanish. Um, so hmm. please, please let me know. Um if you if yeah if you know where it's on, let us know. Monkeyseatpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, at monkeyseatpod is all our socials: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, I'm gonna get us on Reddit as well because apparently that's quite good. I don't know Reddit, so we'll get onto Reddit very soon. We've got. We no, start, I don't know anything about yeah, Reddit. We started a um, blog as well now. Um, I'm not gonna live blog the races or anything like that because I really enjoy watching the races and analysing stuff, but I don't want to be writing about it. So. And I'm not that big a geek. Yeah. So <laughs> that's the reason why I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna be, <laughs> gonna be blogging stuff. You know when things happen i'll blog about it and put it up there so please you know comment share do what you want to do on it um we'd love to get some engagement going with you guys we can you know we got some we get some emails from people and some messages which is great really appreciate those keep them coming in but we want want to speak to more of you we know there's a lot of you out there that listen to us keep going um speak to us reach out to us and we will we will uh we want to know what you want us to do as well if you think something would be would be good uh for us to do then please let us know and we will give it a go it might be rubbish. It might be great. Um, but yeah, please please get involved. So yeah, should we move on to our top fives? Yeah, let me go and turn the light on because I can't actually see. It's getting room. dark. Okay, so while Carl goes and um, pays his respects to um, Irish electric companies, um, so this week's top fives is our top five liveries across all motorsport. So uh, we've hello, hello, you're back. So I've just explained to everyone this is the top five liveries across all motorsport. Now we've picked one of our um, one of our fans, Bez, has emailed in and he's given us his top five. Uh, so we're going to go go through his top five and our top five at the same time. Um, so, yeah, cool. starting with number five, then. Um, do you want to start, Carl? Yes. Um, Good. Right. I'm, I've gone really off piste as usual. <laughs> um, number well, five, surprise. the Russian Kamaz team, 2020 truck, which is the Red Bull 1000 litre diesel truck from the, uh, the Dakar. It is a big truck that goes racing in Dakar. Just... So it was back in the day. It's called the yeah, Kamaz. K-A-M-A-Z. I'm just Googling it now. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, with the VTV That logo. truck goes racing. Wow. Um, with a massive red bull. It's the blue one, not the black. There is a black version with a massive Yeah, I'm looking at the blue it. one it's now. The blue one. That's yeah, mental. Yeah, the blue one, the classic blue one. Um, and basically, back in the day for Dakar, they would have the sport vehicles... And they got together and just went, should we race? So they decided to race these big trucks following the actual cars for Dakar. And they would race along and then it turned into an actual series. And I mean, the, this, these guys have won it for the last 15 years or something. They're, they're amazing, the Russian wow. team. 
Um, it's that there's three there's mental. three people in it. In in the car, there's the driver, navigator, and an engineer that goes along with them. Uh, so <laughs> what well, to fix it as it's going? Um, to fix it as it's going, yeah, and to fix other cars. And and if you watch some of them, I mean, they're literally there's the, they flip over and they're then yanking each other up, and it's it's madness uh, in oh, the sand. And actually, what was interesting about it was that they're actually all um, part of the deal with Dakar is they have to all be on road tires or sorry legal vehicle tires. oh really so they can't they can be all terrain they can be all terrains but they can't be special tires they have to be normal truck tires that you can go out and get similar thing there in formula go. e isn't it but, they have to you have to use um yeah. normal road tires in formula e yeah cool oh really yeah okay but yeah that's a, a really interesting random I'm going to have to get into that because I'm sure you'll start naming things I don't Yeah, know. probably. So um, Bez's first one, I'll do his next, um, is uh, his number five is the 1999 Jordan F1, which is one of the ones we were talking about last week, if you listened to the podcast last week. Oh, shit. It's, I've got it as well. It's the Buzzing Hornets one. Um, which is yeah. which is cool. Damon Hill and Heinz Alfred. Well, that was ninety eight. Damon Hill and Heinz Alfred. Well, no, sorry, ninety. I thought it was ninety nine. Was he in? That's ninety nine. Oh, he was no. Sorry, it was That's Schumacher. Sorry, it was my. It was Ralph Schumacher and Damon Hill in '98. Um, yeah, which was the which was this. I think the, that was Buzzing Horn. That was Buzzing Hornets as well. Was that Yeah, it was. It was. Which, it was so, Giancarlo Fisichella and Ralph Schumacher was the was the um, was the bitten and hisses one, and then it went to Buzzing yeah, Hornets. Unfortunately, I don't have. Um, I don't have a sixth option today, so this is actually going to have to be one of my options as well. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. Yeah, you mentioned it last week yeah. anyway on that one. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So that that was his. Um, so, yeah, is that your number five as well? But interestingly, but interestingly, Heintel Franson won France and Italy that year. They won, he won the, they won the Monzo Grand Prix. Okay. Is it interesting because you're just reading it off a screen mm. right now? <laughs> No. Are you not? Look, I've actually oh, it's on a bit of paper. Oh, okay, that's all right then. It's on it's a bit, on a bit of, paper. of paper. That's fine. Stop geeking yeah. me out. No, yeah, I know. I remember friends. I have to go. I have to research some of these. Yeah. But I try and come up with interesting things as well. No, I'm sticking to my five. But that is one. Yeah, that that is a cool looking it car. That is a cool looking car. I do like that. It's the best F1 car, I'm sure by far, of quirkiness. You know, I not, didn't... It may not be the best looking F1 car, but it's. Mm. The one that everyone remembers. Yeah. I didn't go for any it's Jordans, little, purely because remember. we mentioned Jordans in last week's top five for teams. So yeah. I, I didn't want to go back on that. Um, what I did do um, for my number five was the uh, was the West McLaren Mercedes 1997 MP4 12. Now, I went for that one because it was the original black and silver McLaren when they first got rid of the Marlboro sponsorship uh, and lost the red and white. Um, they went for this beautiful silver and black. They had various versions of this car uh, or this livery. Oh, it's the West, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, they had various yeah. incarnations of the livery over the next few years during the West sponsorship. But given that this was the first one, it wasn't the most successful car. It won three races, one of which was the Jerez race where um, where Jacques Villeneuve and Michael Schumacher came together and then Coulthard let mm. Hacken and through to win, which is obviously what I was talking about last week. Was it last week? And I was saying about mm. how, you know, if Hacken hadn't won that race, having let through by David Coulthard, would he have then gone I on to win two I do love that red nose on it. Yeah. It was a, such a great, great looking bit. car with the McLaren flashes on it. What I liked about it, it was almost like a blade with a little bit of blood on the edge of it. You know, wow, dark. The front there. It was just like dark. Dark. Yeah, great. You can tell I've been watching Killing Eve yeah. this week. It's, po- it's post-watershed. Um, You're all right. It's fine. 
but yeah. we've gone nine o'clock now so yeah, yeah excellent so yeah. yeah okay um my run moving on what was your number four um the milan around the mons 2001 to 2003 bentley speed eight tom's googling at the yeah. moment um driven by the, a great lineup here martin brundle yeah. johnny herbert and david brabham um who actually didn't win um the they he, he they came second and there was another uh bentley speed eight car which it looks like a catamaran a... yeah but it's green and amazing yeah look at it it's so good yeah. look at that color green i want f1 to have a color like that That'd well there be might really... be when uh when um yeah. Aston Martin no, comes well, that's back. what i'm hoping it's just a bit of a matte I mean, green that... i'm just I mean, it's got no, the white it's flash. Gorgeous. Down there. It's, yeah, it's it nice looking, gorgeous. but it's nothing. It's gorgeous. It's. Do you know what? It's Bentley. It's a Bentley. Yeah. It's just understated. It's just pure. Oh, no, it's brilliant. I love it. Okay. I generally love that one. Um, okay, each their own. I'm not. I wouldn't have put that up there in my top liveries, but yeah. Okay. What? Like. Don't get me it's wrong, I love just... British Racing Green. My car is British Racing Green. But, you know, I wouldn't put my car in there as the top liveries of all time. So, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, it's, it's their own. I mean, it is just a beautiful... I think the thing with that one, it's a beautiful looking car. Yeah, it's more which, the car than the livery. The car is know, awesome. More than the livery. I'm sorry, yeah, I probably got that wrong. The livery isn't exciting. Yeah. But I think it's so understated and okay. so... I don't know. It probably a fast car is a good-looking car anyway, so it probably looks. Yeah, better but there's nothing. Where, where else could you write on that thing? There's no room. Yeah, on it's it, true. It's all curved yeah. in on itself. There's actually not much yeah. outward-looking space. So should we talk about oh, Bez's number four? Then have you have you got the list there for Bez? Yes. Um, I've only got. I mean, I've got Martini Lancia. Yeah, the World Rally, uh, rally car, which we think. Yeah. Is. The one with the big lights on the front. Yeah, yeah, it's the because um, he hasn't actually given us a date of this one. Yeah, Martini um, Lancio World Rally Championship. So um, that's the yeah. you know if which we think is the O thirty seven. If you think about um, the uh, the color scheme of the Williams a few years ago when they had Martini as a sponsorship, if you're not into World Rally Championship and don't know much outside of Formula One, that's the kind of color scheme. It's the white with the with the two tone blue and the red flashes. Gorgeous livery. I do remember that from my early days of Sega Rally. When you had the Lancia simple, Delta and the Lancia it, Stratos, one. they were they were the Martini sponsorships. They were yeah, gorgeous cars. Yeah, I'm with yeah, him on that no, one. I I almost picked um, Williams for mine, but I just think look um, versus speed as well. Mm. I think you've got to have a quick car, and that, that Williams it was fine in 2014, but it's only because it had a Mercedes lump in the back. So I uh, yeah. I didn't really uh, yeah I didn't put it in there purely <laughs> because of that basically. Um, yeah, no, good, good shout, Bez, on that one. I, um, I like yeah. that one. Um, so my number, f- have I done my number four? I haven't, have I? No. So my number four no. was the Benetton B197, the 1997 John Alacy and Gerhard Berger version. But the reason I picked that one was it had the the three or the four stripes of the United Colours of Benetton across the back of it as well, and I love that. If you have a top-down view of the car, you've got the red, yellow, green, and blue of United Colours of Benetton over the top of it. And the Mild 7 and Renault sponsorship deal, when Renault bought out the Benetton team, it all became very yellow, and I just didn't really like the whole kind of blue and yellow combination. And this is the one that had just the right amount of yellow, i.e. one flash. And that was pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. It wasn't. 
it was after the Schumacher years, so it was when Benetton were on the way out. It was just before the Renault buyout, um, so it wasn't a particularly quick car. But um, livery-wise, it was better than than the Renault. But the Renault was still a smart-looking car, which yeah. won the World Championships. So that's where kind of I know I'm contradicting myself when I said about not having slow cars, but um, I'm kind of justifying that by saying yeah. it's the Renault one I like, but I prefer this one because it just hasn't got quite as much yellow on it. So that was my number four. Right. My number three, because I, well, my number one's um, the Hornet, so I'm I'm going to be behind you by one anyway. But okay. um, my number three is the 1999 number 36 MB2 Motorsports from NASCAR M&Ms. Oh, okay. You type in MB2 Motorsport M&Ms. It'll come up, and it's absolutely hilarious. It's going to be yellow it's if it's. It's going to be yellow if it's got the M M&M and M's logo on it, isn't it? I don't think it is. Oh yeah, it's yellow. Right, yellow. Oh, okay, that's it's a bit busy. So funny. <laughs> it's so funny. It's a bit busy, isn't it? Like, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on? Um, that one was uh, ri- um, driven uh, by Ernie Irvine. Irvine, I believe. I don't know anything about NASCAR. And yeah, he lost in it, like the and cars. that was his last races. Yeah, but that was just a pretty hilarious car. I haven't really gone down the prettiest cars. Yeah, I mean, I'm really seeing crazy. some other versions of the car here, and there's like there's one here that just looks like someone spewed out a load of M&Ms all over it. It's it's just a mess. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It's yeah. it's it's brave. <laughs> and they kept yeah. They used to be sponsored by Skittles, and then they moved to M and M's. Oh, okay. And then when they did the M and M's, they then this one it I've in. seen here. It's got Snickers. Yeah, it's M&M got Snickers logos. on the back of it as well. So I'm guessing it's just, yeah, Nes- it's Mars. It's just Nestle, isn't it? Yeah. Is it Nestle or Mars? Mars sponsored it. No, it's Mars. What? Mars. What the- <laughs> Mars. Nestle makes Snickers, though, don't they? No, no? Mars does. Is it Mars? Okay. Mars makes Snickers. Okay. Mars also make Pedigree Chum, but we won't worry about that. Oh, I hope hopefully um, not in the same place. Actually, that's hilarious. I've just said Mars make pedigree charm. I've just looked at a picture and it's got M and M's on the front and pedigree written on the back of a NASCAR. Wow, that's hilarious. Wow. You've you got go. some really rogue choices in this one. My next one's even more rogue, so yeah. let's not worry about that. Okay, so should we go with uh, yeah, go, I Bezes? I do yeah, yeah. Go on, you do Bezes one because I know you've got a personal affinity with this one. Uh, the two thousand Arrows F one car. The orange. Um, in br- the bright orange. Um, and sponsored by Orange. That, yeah, sponsored by Orange. And with cello written across the slide. Right? Of course. Um, I actually, my mum used to be a district nurse. And one of her patient's sons worked for the Orange Arrows Orange F1 team. I'd love to know where he works now or what he works for. But I used to have a Scalectrix. He got me a Scalectrix version of that. I think Roman Grosjean was actually one of the drivers back in the day. I, I would be surprised in 2000 who if it was, was Roman Grosjean because uh, he would have only been 14. Okay, it's not Roman Grosjean then. Uh, um, oh, it was a Verstappen. Jos Verstappen. Yes, Jos Verstappen. Verstappen drove for Arrows. And De La Rosa. And De La, Ro- and De La Rosa, that was it. Not He drove He drove reserve driver for McLaren. Sorry. And so I had their signatures uh, and I, I sold them on eBay. Um, but I also had all the tear-offs and everything. Oh, wow. It's really cool. That's cool. I remember your, you've got that coat, the Arrows coat. Oh, and I used to have the yeah, Arrows coat, which I don't have anymore. Yeah. I don't even know where it is. Yeah, I stole it. Uh, um, yeah, <laughs> sponsored by Orange. Yeah. It was too short in the arm for me, anyway. Yeah. 
No, that's that's a, that's a nice looking car. I like orange. Yeah, I like yeah. orange cars. Nice. <laughs> Shock horror. Go on, then, what's your next one? Right, I am going to make absolutely no apologies for having a very Formula One based, um, very Formula One based. On. Well, I know we said all motorsport, but Formula One are the best looking cars in the world. Mm. So the best looking um, liveries are going <laughs> to be on opinion. Formula One cars. Um, I do have one non-Formula One car, but it does have a Formula oh, One link. Uh, but that's my number two. Go my on. number three is actually the 2017 Toro Rosso. The Scuderia Toro Rosso. It's the STR12 driven by Kvyat and Gasly and Sainz and Hartley because they kept dropping drivers and bringing them in. Um, but that car... Um, it was they ran this color scheme f- um, from 2017 up until last year. Oh, what the blue and red? Blue, red, and silver. Yeah, they ran that car. Yeah. Um, up until the end of last season, before they rebranded Toro Rosso Alfa Tori, and it's just a beautiful car. That 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 kind of royal blue no. with the no. with the what is going on with, with the all silver? These reds? It looks no, what, what, the reds are just random. It looks so much better no. than the Red Bull. No, Red Bull looks great. I like the black Red Bull. No. And the no. black and yellow with the rebel. with that, I don't even know that what's looks, wrong with it. What's going it on? It looks there? so smart on the circuit, when you, especially on the night races. You see it on the track; it just glistens. It's a beautiful, beautiful. I car. mean, it, I bet that yeah, I bet the ball glistens. But the red, what is going on with that random red? No, no, just no. Yeah, okay, so you don't like that one then? That's fine. Mm, no, sorry. Right. What is that though? That looks cool. I don't know. I've just seen a random F one, a, a link to a uh, Toro Rosso car. And it looks amazing. I'm going to have to send it to you. Link from Carl. Let's see what this is. There you go. Now that looks cool. I don't know what it is. Have live sex now at this. What have you sent me? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. I've never seen that. I've never that seen that. Looks I like, that looks like. Um, it's a really sky blue kind of toothpaste colour. I think it must be a testing livery for Red Bull because they used to bring out special testing liveries and looking at it, it looks like it's the 2010 um red bull because it's got the f ducts um across from the air box all the way to the rear wing so that tells me it's the 2010 red bull it's not a toro rosso because um it's got the yellow nose cone and toro rosso don't tend to have the yellow nose cone so that tells me oh no it says here scudero toro rosso so yeah it is a toro rosso i stand corrected so yeah that must i don't remember that on the track that must have been a testing livery or something i do not remember that car at all I mean, I wish that was. I wish. I don't know if that's just a. Oh, hang on. Fan it says, but... "Is Sky Blue the limit for Toro Rosso's 2017 livery?" But it also might be something to do with the red. Those are the Red Bull sugar-free colours. I. So I wonder if Toro yeah. Rosso was at one point going to go Red Bull as in the sugar-free version, and Red Bull was going to be the main normal Red Bull, and they were going to be. I think it's a fan livery. I don't um, think that's actually a car. Looking at the article. Uh, it's just a fan livery. I don't think it's an car. actual livery. I didn't think I'd seen it before. That should be a car. That's beautiful. So basically, what anyway. it was, they were speculating that. Um, looking at it, it looks like they were speculating that because they wanted closer ties with the Toro Rosso team to be closer to the Red Bull team, that they um, they would basically yeah. make it the light version of the team. So using sugar-free Red Bull would be a thing. Yeah. But obviously, that's yeah, that's a fan livery. That's not an actual thing. But yeah, that's fine. Oh, I wish that was true. Yeah, that's that sexy. yeah, it looks, anyway, looks good. Looks good. Um, cool. Okay, anyway, so on. we are on to number two then. So you'll do your number two. My number two. Um, should we do 
I'll do Bez's and because I don't have a number two or one because I've only got one left. Oh, okay. Um, actually, neither does Bez. Oh well, you, have you said this? The ninety-nine West McLaren. No, he's he's gone for the one that's two years younger than mine. So basically, the reason I picked the the ninety-seven one was because it was the first one. The ninety-nine one was the same livery but just slightly different. It was. Um, yeah, I mean it's. Not it's bad. still a lovely car, and it won the world championship that year as well. Um, yeah, that's probably why he's gone for it. Yeah, but it also won it in 1998. But the 97... I don't know why he's gone for that yeah. one. Well, it's still, it's, it's nice, yeah, it's, but I don't think... It is a lovely car. I think you're right. I think you, Sorry, Bez, but I think you're wrong. The 1997 was the benchmark for that yeah. car. Yeah, I mean, there was slightly less black on that. I think one. from memory, the 99 one had slightly less black on it. I haven't looked it up, but I'm pretty sure... It's the same. No, it's got... It's a lot more black. Is it? It's black, black. Really? Yeah. I might have to just quickly Google It's that. almost like a black car. It's almost like a black car, apart from a tiny so bit on the wing. That would have been the, the MP414, that would have been. MP4, McLaren MP414. No, don't like it. Yeah, there is more black on it. You're right. There is more black on it. Um, yeah, no, it was very similar. It was just kind of the the black was a bit more merged with the silver. That's the only real difference I can see, got... livery wise. But... Yeah, yeah, and it no, almost right. and at the front that sort of bottom red bit connected to the black. No, don't like it. Sorry, birds. Not having that one. <laughs> well, you can't have it, but yeah. I don't agree with it. Oh, I, I, right. yeah, I, I still Here think I'm right with that one. But with... actually, go on. You do your number two because my number one. Okay. Um, I've got one left. So, so yeah. my number two um, is a blue and red McLaren, but not a sorry, an orange and blue McLaren, but not the orange and blue McLaren that you would potentially be thinking. It's the Le Mans F1 GTR. Oh, you haven't gone for the IndyCar. No, the Le Mans F1 oh. GTR 1997. Go on. So yes, that's it. The Le Mans McLaren F1 GTR. It's the McLaren F1, my favourite road car of all time, and it's got the 1997. Yes, it's it's the kind of the really light silvery blue with the uh, with the orange wheels and the orange mirrors, and um, that was the that was the first Le Mans car I ever saw, and it's just a beautiful car. It's gorgeous. Have you got a picture of it? I'm trying to find one. Is that the one on fire? <laughs> uh, well, um, Rowan Atkinson did have a version of it, yeah, which he put in the fence um but apparently it was 1997 1997 mclaren f1 gtr so it's like a it's like a silvery blue with orange yeah it's on flames i've got a youtube link to it being on flames oh god that's that's upsetting um but yeah that's that's my number two because it's uh it's a non-f1 car but it's beautiful it's absolutely stunning car but they went up in flames <laughs> You're obsessed sure with this car being on flames. I wonder what that is. <laughs> okay, right. Anyway, done. So what? What's next then? Where are we at now? Uh, sorry. Uh, right, Bez's first one. Yep. Right, you can tell this man's Spanish. It's the only reason for it. That's the only reason I've got. Yeah. He was gone for the 05 Alonso Renault R22 and R25 even. Yeah. The R25. That's basically a slightly more modern version of the Benetton that I said about, because um, obviously that was a 2005 one. Um, I went for the 1997 Benetton. It was the same colour scheme, but um, just a lot more yellow 
which uh, I'm not a massive fan of. But it's still a lovely looking car, don't get me wrong. But um, yeah, just a bit too much yellow for my liking. It's a very very thin nose. I didn't particularly like the nose oh, on it. Oh, yeah. It's, um, it's of that no. time where they had the lovely wings, like the really curved wings. What is wrong with this man? It's because Alonso won the World Championship in that car, that's why. Who is this person? Oh, what, you think that's well, why this person's gone for it? Because well, he's Spanish, sporting. Well, yeah. Alonso sporting. Yeah. yeah, I reckon so. Ooh. No, don't like it. I generally don't like it. And that is that nose is so skinny. If you ever saw that Top Gear special where Richard Hammond drove a McLaren, not McLaren, sorry, an F1 car, that was the car he drove. If you ever saw that one. Mm. I think it was that one. It was either that one or the 2006 remember. one. It might have been the 2006 one, actually. But it's one of those two, anyway. But yeah, nice car, just too much yellow for my liking. And I don't like the Telefonica sponsorship on the back because it doesn't match the rest of the yeah. car. But yeah. Oh, yeah, O2. Yeah. Well, thank you for um, that, Bez. Right. Um, he's, he has put on there as a, as a sub Thank note, you, obviously that. anything driven by Hamilton is vetoed. The Marlboro McLaren, red and, <laughs> red and white, narrowly missed out. Nothing beats Alonso's title winning R25. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Bez. That's, uh, that's um, really good. Yeah, it does. Everything beats everything beats that, just purely because it's driven by Alonso. Um, right. Okay, I've gone well off piste. Okay. And it's not even a great livery, on, but it just made me laugh. The 1994... Rally car, no touring car. Okay. Any ideas? Type in, tu- nine, uh, type in nineteen ninety four touring. Yeah. Car. What just Volvo? Just, just, oh Volvo. Really? Did you go for any F one cars? Oh, you went for the thing. What? No. <laughs> really? <laughs> what the white and blue Volvo? The eight fifty estate. Yeah. What? Okay, hang oh on. Oh my god. That 1994 is touring brilliant. car, Volvo 850. <laughs> what? Look at it. It's brilliant. It's a it's wardrobe just on wheels. So 90s. It's amazing. It's god. so 90s. It's amazing. Sponsored by Securicore Amelia. Who weirdly I work with. Um, and just so simply done. And it used to be, it's just brilliant. And so the story is as to how the Volvo estate came around is the designers, um, company called Stephenson Automotive, had, um, they went to go and pick, they got asked to design a Volvo, get the race car up to scratch. And they uh, couldn't, and when they went to pick up the um, the um, shell, um, they couldn't use, there's no saloons available. So they had to pick up an estate just to use it. Um, and then they worked out that actually uh, it has an aerodynamic advantage because it's got, um, it, it has a extra air pressure. Um, so it's actually got, um, it's actually aerodynamically advantaged and, um, and actually won many races. But never actually won the title. Okay. In it. But yeah, there you go. Right. Um, if you think Carl has officially lost his marbles, then please tweet in at MonkeySeatPod. Uh, okay. They have to know that. They'll have to know that. They'll have to yeah. Google that car. So Google the Volvo Estate really? 850 Touring Car 1994 and tell us what you think. I think it looks like a load of rubbish. 
personally. But it's brilliant. I mean, I suppose, it's like, you know, brilliant. I suppose. I mean, look at it. It's so of its period. It's so of its period. I mean, you it's could, so blocky and so of its period. I suppose if we're talking liveries, if you put that livery on a really nice looking car, it would look all right. <laughs> but the fact it's on a Volvo and a 1990s Volvo at that. You're just doing this to piss me off, aren't you? <laughs> and the Volvo estate. <laughs> it's brilliant. No, I genuinely think it's brilliant. It looks, like, that, it's like, looks like the granddad car that you had when I met you. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, I had the V70, I think. Yeah, no, it wasn't but that. But look, I drive a Volvo. I have to have a Volvo in there somewhere. Yeah, family. you're just doing that to piss me off. That's fine. Okay, so... Well, unlike you, who've just done all of F1 because you have nothing. I, d- else I, d- to say. I did one on F1. I did a McLaren oh. F1. Oh yeah, sorry. That who's happens to be a McLaren. Do you know what so I did? F1 I did McLaren. look at other cars from other series, and nothing really measures up. It's just the F1 cars look so right. Great. Next week's top five. Next week's I haven't top done my five number has one to yet. Something to do with. Okay, go on. Then. My number one is the McLaren. Formula <laughs> One, guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> it's the McLaren 1976 M23, which was the James Hunt's one that he won the title in. And the reason I've gone for that one is because it was um, the first red and white competitive McLaren. I think there was, well, there was red and white before, but it wasn't Marlboro sponsored. So that was like Marlboro Texaco together to creating say. the um, delivery that, you know, the whole kind of cigarette advertising, making it look like a cigarette packet driving on the track. Um, it's the, the car, especially when they... Oh yeah, and that makes it so much better. You're moaning at me about my Volvo that's covered in security company. You've got a walking fag. You've got a driving fag. Yeah, that isn't why. That isn't why though. You you like it because it's a boxy car with securical written there. I just. It's just. That's just. You like it because it's a McLaren. No, it's so iconic. It's, not of it's iconic, as Bez said himself. The red <laughs> so... and white McLaren is iconic, <sighs> and it is. And um, yeah. it's a British guy winning a world championship in a McLaren. As Do you well. know what's funny? I thought you'd have gone for a silver McLaren. No, no, no. If, to be honest, I, I would have gone for an orange McLaren. Well, did we McLaren. talk about that? That oh no, it must have been the Mercedes with the yellow stripe down it, wasn't it? Well, what was Braun's car? That was quite white a nice car. with black and day glow, um, yellow. Yeah, that was white it. and day glow yellow. That Beautiful car. That was very close, actually. I almost put that in there. Actually, I should have gone for that one. Yeah, I should have nice gone for car. that one as my. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, um, shall right. we put... I've got, I've got one for top um, five. Have then. you got one? Because I, I don't know what we're going to do for the next one. Go on. What have you got? No, I've got one. Most exciting non-F1 motorsport car. Well, mo- yeah, motorsport car. Most exciting. That could be in any form. How you, But it has to okay. be exciting. It has to really get you really excited. It can either be because it's really well designed. It could be because it looks cool. It could be because it's won loads of races. And it means something, but a really something that's a really cool, exciting car. That if you were looking around at Goodwood's Festival of Speed, it would be something you'd want to see okay. and look at and spend time with. That's not F one. You're there only you saying go. that to piss me off. <laughs> that's fine. Okay, yes. I can do that. I can prove but to you that, that you, you can, I can come back. I can to prove me. to you that I can <laughs> I can actually come up with stuff that isn't Formula One related. So that's fine. I will see you and I will raise you next week. Um, again, we want to <laughs> hear on, your su- your choice next week. Then yeah, we want to we want to hear your suggestions. Then so please um, tweet in for non F one uh, exciting cars. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter.
Twitter, at MonkeySeatPod. You can go onto the website and you can direct messages on the website, monkeyseatpod.com, or you can email us at monkeyseatpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what your most exciting non-Formula One vehicle. Are we saying vehicle or car? Uh, vehicle can be vehicle. So we're, we're yeah, talking two wheels. Motorsport, well. any motorsport, motorsport non-Formula vehicle. One motorsport. Two wheels, three wheels, six wheels. Yeah, that's your Volvo out then. Oh crap! I've just shot myself in the foot. What? Yeah, but I was saying about six wheels, and then I suddenly went, "Oh yeah, the F one." Oh shit! Yeah, the Tyrrell. The Tyrrell. The six-wheel Tyrrell. Nope, sorry, it's an F. That that is a yeah. cool car. I would love to see that one. That has to be involved in motorsport. One for future top fives as well will be top five motorsport innovations. Like you got the six-wheel Tyrrell, you got the fan car. You've got the oh, yeah. F-Darts, you know, all, all those things. So top innovations. Yeah. So if you um, think about your top fives that you want to you want to see as well. So if you can think of a good top five that we should do and you want to send it in to us with your top five and the reasons why, do that as well and then we'll pick the best ones because I'm finding it hard to think of top fives to do every week because my ones are always F1 related and yeah. Carl's is always related to wardrobes on wheels. So Not me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's us really isn't it yes we're looking forward to looking forward to some more NASCAR um, got another got a little while yet until the um, until the IndyCar starts got a few weeks until the IndyCar starts we'll do a proper IndyCar special uh, the podcast before the IndyCar season starts um, and we'll we'll talk through that because I'm I, I enjoy watching IndyCar, but I would not call myself an aficionado, so I'm going to learn a bit more about IndyCar. I'm going to make sure I follow every race this season and then bring it to you guys, give you reviews and, and actually properly understand it more because I, I, I enjoy watching it and I um, and I, I know a, f- a little bit about it, but I, I know less than Joe Public fan. I would say, and any American listeners out there, you probably know a lot more than than I do. So please, any interesting facts about IndyCar? And I wanted to follow for this. Uh, well, well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not going to happen though, unfortunately. But uh, we'll cover that next year. So as well for you guys mm-hmm. out there, any of um, any IndyCar fans and our American listeners as well, um, any interesting facts about IndyCar? Send them through to us um, at the email uh, monkeysee podcast at gmail.com send through some interesting facts yeah. to us um so we can talk about them on our indycar special as well stuff that we wouldn't have thought of or if you really like nascar tell us why because i literally can't work out why yeah i mean it's there's just no there's no aerodynamics i mean no, yeah, if there's a reason it's there's fine some... it's, it's yeah, motor racing so i'm going to be watching a bit of nascar over the next few weeks as well because i seem to have about 50 races a season so um yeah, give us give us your reasons why you love your formulas and why, and then um, we'll uh... or anything that we should be watching as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. If there's something that we're not watching that Let we should miss. do, I'm always up for watching more motorsport. Right, let's go. I shall see you next week. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Probably back to our normal recording day, um, and we shall be back online probably hopefully Tuesday next week. Um, but uh, yeah, mm. speak see to you later. Bye.